What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dear Vane Podcast. You just heard Nick, who we are talking to today on, on uh, new public land, new strategies. Uh, this year, the podcast is brought to you by Arrow Hunter Saddles. So if you're interested in looking at saddle hunting, you want to just check that out. Um, it's super easy to be more mobile with a saddle. Uh, it's actually pretty comfortable. A lot of people think that they're not comfortable. And then also, like, I just wear a saddle flat off every time I go in the woods, cause I use it as my safety harness now. So it's not even like, you know, usually you got the shoulder straps plus the waist straps, plus the leg strap with a saddle, you just have the legs and the waist strap. And then you just off and run, whether you're sitting in a stand or you're, or you're actually using it for a saddle, which is actually kind of nice because sometimes you go out on like public and you hang a stand and like, you always want the deer to be off on your left. Right. So, uh, so when you hang a stand, it's like, it, the only way you can hang it is that deer is coming from your right side. So I have done it where you hang a stand and then you actually use your saddle, your saddle, um, and you just stand on the stand and you use your saddle to face the tree. So then now the deer is coming on your left. So right. it's an easier shot. Yeah. yeah. And I think we did that a couple of times. Um, yeah, right. I would just stand on the stick. Right. Yeah. No, that seemed to work out pretty well. That was the first time I ever saw that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it did. It, it did work out well. And I think it's decent for filming because like when I was filming you, I was always right. looking the same direction as you were too. Right. You and know? you kind of so get that back view, like the, you know, like kind of what I'm looking at view. Like over you your know? shoulder. Right. And yeah. Just all up in your grill. Just straight up smelling <laughs> what I'm sitting, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The worst part is when you fart, it's just coming right in my face. <laughs> and that, and that happened a few times last year. <laughs> Well, that's uh, just, yeah, 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 the bush light work. mornings are never never all that fun when you're in a partner that's yeah it stinks a little but hey it's it's part of the gig you know? yep yep gotta test that wind direction yeah <laughs> but i was doing i just didn't tell you when i was doing it so. <laughs> yeah uh well yeah everybody um that was a phenomenal <laughs> intro um but uh <laughs> Yeah, we're talking today with with Nick. Um, Nick and I just got done this weekend. We cut some new trails on our property. Um, there's a big, we kind of call it the pie slice in the northwest corner of our property. Decent bedding. It's where we found Groot. Um, I actually had a trail camera on a scrape right on the edge of a field, like at a corner post, essentially. And, and it's a giant field. It's a 600 acre egg field. And then off that 600 acre egg field, is this little corner post that jump juts out of our land. And it's kind of like a square, but yeah, it's just this corner. And there was a scrape there. And I knew there was a scrape there all year, but my, in my mind, because it was so close to that egg field, I just always assumed it was nighttime activity. I was just right. like, like, you know, 10 yards off. So I dropped the camera there just for fun when you and I went in there and hung that set yep. and uh, we didn't see any deer, but there was sign everywhere. Right. Right. And, uh, and I went and checked that camera after like, I think two months I pulled it and we were like two days early. Because, oh, really? Yeah. There were good bucks in there the days. Cause we hunted it like the seventh, the eighth and the ninth, like good, good rut days. Right. Yeah. And, uh, one of the biggest bucks on the property was in there on the 11th at 10 AM. Like, and it's on the edge of this field. So, you know, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, the amount of the amount of bucks that hit that from the 11th to the 14th during daylight and it's yeah 
Didn't you say that spot almost seemed kind of was kind of dead beforehand, like earlier on in the season or something? Yeah. You didn't get in there or nothing? No. Yeah. So I have a yeah. So it's like um the the pie slice is actually like if you picture like a, a triangle and it's like a right triangle, and the right like corner of it is where right. the scrape is, and that whole like left the like if you're picturing a triangle, the left side's the angled side. Right. And, uh, half of that is like a cliff. So the other half is there's like, that's where they come up. And that's where that spring was where you went down with the four wheeler and your dog rolled in, got all muddy. <laughs> yeah. He's still a little dark. I, I, <laughs> I tried to give him a little bath, but you know, uh, I got to put that on my, like share that straight up to my story because you guys, this, there was a spring and Nick's dog got into the spring and it was probably just like an inch of mud, two inches of mud. And his yeah. dog is, it's a Springer Spaniel, right? And yeah. It's like yeah. Brown and white. It yeah. came out a hundred percent brown. <laughs> like this Black. dog. Just, <laughs> yeah, I got a ton of comments on my on my Instagram story on that because yeah. he just rolls and rolls and rolls, and then he stops and just stares at me, and it's just mud. It's just a mud <laughs> dog. <laughs> well, I was I was down the hill with that chopper, you know, and you guys are all up behind me. You know, I'm like, well, what the heck's going on? I'm the only one down here cutting trail. And I look up the hill and <laughs> I see you guys talking up there and then I kind of keep doing my thing. And then I sudden, all of a sudden I look over and see my dog and he's staring at me. <laughs> like, What the hell is this? It's not even my dog. This dog's black. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was yeah. pretty good. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, so I had a camera on that ledge where they come up into the pie slice and it was pretty dead in the early season. Um, I'm not sure what the deal was and it could be that I'm putting the camera there and I'm, I'm, I'm getting more movement over there. So they're just not using it as much, or maybe it's more of a pre-rut rut area. I, I don't know. I'll watch it a lot more this year now that I know that they're actually using it in daylight. Yeah, what kind of what kind of crops up there? Is it corn? Are you gonna be the corn he, this year? Or don't you know? He, yeah, he plants it in like I don't know, like thirty or forty yard strips. So it's always oh nice. um, there's always soybean, corn, and hay up in okay. there. It's just where it is in relation to our right. our piece. But yeah, it's kind of like uh, striped. It's like a striped field, I guess. Okay. So. Yeah, hopefully we can get in there and smash a turkey right up in there. So anyway, what we did was we we went and cut this trail. There was no four-wheel trail up there, and my dad really wanted one. So then that became like, how can we create a four-wheel trail that doesn't disturb the deer movement as that much? I know it's going to disturb it some. Um, I really like that spot kind of as a quote-unquote sanctuary where we just leave it alone. And I right. think I'm going to ask my dad to like, come like late August. Can we just yeah. like not have people ride all the other trails? Just not these yeah. not that big loop up here that you like. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure uncle Steve will pay attention to that rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. So anyway, yeah, we made this, we made this loop and how we like, in my personal opinion, we just kind of ran the fence line. So that was the, the way we could be the least intrusive. So we ran the fence line all the way around and stayed as close as we could to the fence. And that way, you know, essentially like when the deer come out, like, yeah, they're a little bit more exposed on that four wheel trail, but we're not going like right through the middle of it In the middle of it's still thicker than thick. It's still pretty nasty. Like you could yeah. get deer in there and not find them. 
Right. I mean, it, it honestly, like to me, it, we didn't really take down a whole lot of, you know, big stuff. There was some deadfalls we had to push through, but mainly it was all like that, what they call that prickly ash. Yeah. yeah. Everyone needed to go anyways. I mean, my arms are still all cut up to hell. Dude, my, yeah. My arms are all cut up too. You, you're in, using yours and Jake's looked far worse though. Yeah. Oh, I guess how high pain tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you but, don't know, prickly ash is this, like, tree that grows between, like, I don't know, like, five and eight feet, and it's maybe, like, an inch in diameter, and it's just full of thorns. Yeah. So, and they grow up in, like, pencils. So, like, density per, like, square foot is high. So, there's just, like, a ton of them in an area, and you just got to cut through all these little tiny things. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, it made it pretty easy, you know, just to chop them off, you know, with a little shears or something or a hacksaw. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, nice. I it'll be, I, either way, I think it'll be really good for access next year. This four wheel trail is be able to sneak in there because previously I couldn't walk the fence lines at all. So right. if I wanted to like the best, the best wind to hunt this on is a Southwest wind. And if I wanted to hunt it on a Southwest wind, like it was hard to get in there and get positioned to a and not, uh, oh, What's that? You know and not make noise either right and not blow it out or anything yeah it was just uh it was just harder to do and now with this four-wheel trail we'll be able to do that but then you're also kind of like really opening up that area but kind of not really i don't know we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes yeah it's got got potential for sure Mm -hmm. yeah and it's right off that right off that field so now there is a good decent four-wheel trail where we can set up for turkeys and hopefully get them to come right off that field and right to us and just blast them so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I'm right. looking at that, so. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, now onto the main point of topic is uh, talking with Nick. Nick has uh, moved to an area of the state that he didn't know. He hunted a little bit on some private in that area, um, but hadn't, hadn't hunt, hunted a lot of public. And this last fall, he went and hunted on some public, got a great opportunity and this spring he's been scouting a little bit more so we're going to run through kind of nick's like new public land new strategies what he's up to how he's what happened last year what happened this year for scouting any new gear he's looking into um, time of year that he's looking to hunt it and just kind of running through that whole process that a lot of us are doing right now for for the upcoming season of just you know checking those or dotting those i's and crossing those t's and making sure that you're like ready yeah no it's it's definitely um it's definitely tough i mean it's it's nice to know some people too in the area like my good buddy parker our good buddy parker you know at p-dub um he, <laughs> he doesn't don't yeah he doesn't check his instagram or he doesn't say, just blow him up. everybody leave a bunch of comments he doesn't check it but we'll make him check it and he'll just yeah it'll take him forever <laughs> but uh so Parker's actually my neighbor and, uh, you know, he's got a good chunk of private about 30 minutes or so like real close to your property. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, one day after work, he's like, I'm just going to go to this pri- uh, this public down the road if you want to come with me. And I was like, all right, sure. You know, so uh, I think he had a hang on that he took out there and I just had my climber. I um, didn't really know what I was getting into. Uh, it was a little bit of a walk, but that was kind of expected. <laughs> um, it's real pretty piece of property uh didn't look like many people go like 
really frequent the place up until it seemed like first week in November, you know, like typical rut when people are hitting it. So um, I I checked that out and I had, uh, honestly, I said, I, I winged a real nice one. My sight got bumped. I, I believe just walking in a few times and, you know, I was shooting almost daily too. So in that time from hunting, in the morning to the evening, it got bumped some, somehow. But um, I ended up hitting them a little bit high, and we searched the next day and ended up finding more sign. And, you know, this deer kind of took us in an area where we had, which is actually really close to the road, believe it or not, <laughs> and just covered in sign. It's like, well, what the hell? This is sweet. You know, like, yeah. didn't find deer, which is unfortunate, but it didn't look to be a fatal shot. I hit them okay. kind of ozone like below the spine and above the lungs kind of right yeah. in that yeah the dead man's area yeah what yeah kind of, what kind of like proper property is it is it like it, swamp me, or hill country or it's it's hill country pretty much out here you're, you're gonna get mostly hill country but there are some swampy lowland areas near the river i'm really close to wisconsin river so um that's i'm gonna try to tackle that trying to use a boat or a canoe this year to try to get on some little parcels that nobody can really get to unless you take a boat you know yeah plus plus i'm a duck hunter as well so maybe i can kind of kill two birds with one stone and doing a little scouting you know that way yeah but the mainly that that one spot i was at was hill country and it's got a little bit of like a crp um field in a couple areas and this the spot i set was Parker said, I'm going that way. And I'm like, well, I'll go that way. So (laughs) split up. And he had told me previously, like last year I walked this property. He didn't seem too enthused about it. Um, But he's like, I did find a big scrape over here. So I'm like, all right, it looks like a nice little pinch point coming down off this private. Um, And it kind of came to the point to where that CRP was. And I walked up there and I found this scrape that was the size of a bathtub, man. I'm like, this something hit this like hours ago, you know, like super nice. So I'm kind of looking at the wind and like, well, I can get right up in this tree. Well, I sat in it for about an hour or so and looked up on the hill and saw a doe. And then about 10 minutes later, I looked up there and I saw this buck running up top on the private. So I was like looking for my grunt call, you know, I'm turning around, trying to grab my gun, grunt call. And I look and then that thing's already halfway down the hill coming at me. I'm like, wow, wow, that's a buck. That's a nice buck, but I don't think I'm going to shoot it. And then kept getting closer and closer. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and bigger you know, like, and bigger. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I don't know this. I'm like a bow hunter. I mean, everybody can pretty much, um, you understand what I'm saying it's like where when you know you know like I'm gonna shoot this you're already like locked on you know yeah. so as soon as I noticed that buck was probably he's a three and a half year old um good sized body on him he was probably right about to the ears I want to say maybe nine-ish points but I wasn't paying that much attention I was trying to stop I was trying to stop him he was heading right to that scrape and grunted him and he did duck me a little bit too um, he was about like 15 yards. I mean, that's a chip shot any any bow hunter wants. And I'll tell you, it's easy to mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so, man. Yeah, that was, I mean, I definitely love that. I like that spot. I'm going to be back in there for sure. And to give that spot a break, I went up a little bit further. 
and hunted the backside of this hill on the backside of this little like knob and along some pines. And what time of the year were you hunting? This? That uh, October like twenty sixth. Okay. So like, that last week, because I remember I was going up north with my brother on the twenty eighth. Okay. And we were seeing a lot of good sign. It just seems like the end of October is pretty. It's tough to beat that, man. If you want to see oh, deer yeah. grapes and see activity, that's pretty much what it was. So I went and sat this other spot. I had a a 10-pointer that I swear he was like this tight. I mean, like super tight. <laughs> Nick's got his hands and, up and he's just, yeah, they're like as wide as his face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, he, just, he was just cruising, you know, like, so I'm like, well, that's a good sign, you know, and then I ended up seeing a doe sneak up on my right side and like bed off this little bluff kind of in this thicket where I kind of had an idea where they'd be sitting and, or at least going to bed. And, um, I went, I sat at the next morning, didn't see nothing till about nine o'clock ish. Then all of a sudden the woods just blew up. There was this one buck was running four doe in there up and around in circles. Cause it was almost like a little corral, like the way the, you know, the terrain was, you know, you got the pines on one side, got a bluff on another side, and they just kept running them back and forth. I had some guy come down the walking trail while this buck is running these does, and I'm sitting in the stand, and he's, like, watching all this go down, and I'm like, hey, they're like, there's a buck, stay there, you know, and he just <laughs> looks at me, and he starts walking down the trail, and the deer run off the other way, and all of a sudden, I hear three 22 shots. I'm like, so he was like a hunter. It was some squirrel hunter, but there was, he didn't fire around the entire walk into the woods. And now I'm like a mile in. So I, I highly doubt there was a bunch of squirrels running around in the direction that the deer were. And that just seems odd to oh, me. Oh man. That's so I, it, I waited a bit to talk to that guy. That guy was in there almost all day. So I, I really don't know, uh. <laughs> but he was wide. Like he was, I'd say he was probably, I don't know, that 18, maybe a little bit wider, short tined, but still, I mean, yeah, I would have shot him all day, you know, and just that rotten act, rotten activity, you couldn't beat that. So that was my two highlights on that, at that spot. So um, are you going to, you going to go back there this year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did find some, uh, I went there this uh, spring here a couple weeks ago with my dog and just went for a run and then ended up finding some really good other trails, um, some thickets that, you know, I, I didn't see before just because I didn't move out to this area till October, you know, so that's jumping right into both yeah. you know, you don't get a chance to really do, it's like, do you want to hunt or do you want to scout or you can kind of do both, you know, you don't want to blow the area up, you know, so. That's, that's always like, it's one yeah. of the hardest questions is when you pick a new piece of property, like mid season. Yeah. And just like, do I want to, if, if I want to go scout, but I don't, if this is a good area and I just go scout through it and I blow it all out, like shit. Yeah. I, <laughs> right. I'm back. You know, like, you don't really, I, it, it was kind of a tough, I tough situation. I just know I winged that one buck at this one area. So I kind of just let that chill. And like the following week, I saw guys that were kind of walking around and hunting that spot. So I'm okay. like, well, I'm going to go further back, you know? So I ended up going a little further back. Um, I was sitting like not too far off the main trail, which I mean, I saw a deer. I mean, I almost had an opportunity at a buck, but 
you know, like there was somebody off the trail. That's, that's the one thing when you hunt public, there's always a chance of people walking by squirrel hunting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, we should all just be respectful and whoever's sitting in the tree, you know, you see somebody in the tree just slowly walk away, go in the opposite direction. This guy did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> he decided to yeah. go where we're going and then decided to fire, I don't know, three to five, 22 rounds. So, yeah. How are you, know. do you have any plan to like mitigate that next year? Like the risk of like running um, into people? I, I, you know, I go where the deer go you know, or want to go where the deer go. And like, <laughs> it's like this granted the trails right there, but you know, it, I don't know. It was, I'll kind of have to figure it out a little more. Uh, maybe earlier in the season, it might be a little better without people getting in there like squirrel hunters and stuff. Um, but like I said, I was about a mile or so in and this guy walked the trail all the way back. It's like, I was kind of down, um, I did move a little further down from where I was sitting originally because it looked, because if I would have been sitting down in that bottom where those bucks were running um, initially, I probably would have got a whack at them. I was just, I was on top of this hill and there's a bunch of a thicket behind me, um, kind of a nice trail that came out in front. And I'm like, well, and I got up kind of late in the morning too. Like I walked up there, it was getting light. I didn't know the area. I just like, I want to go back here. Yeah. So I got there at first light or uh, close to first light, you know, and huffing and puffing. Cause got my climber on my back, <laughs> and my gear. And, and then I'm kind of looking at trees to see what I want to sit in. And then I'm like, well, this looks good. So I sat up and I, I did see deer out of it, but granted I was close to the trail. So then I ended up just dumping down. A little further which which helped i mean i didn't see anybody off the trail then but the trail still kind of goes up and around you know it's just yeah. you know if you got bad luck kind of like i do sometimes it's uh <laughs> it's gonna happen you just gotta find yeah. a way to overcome it and a lot of times it can work out to your benefit too you never really know yeah. like i could have rounded them kicked those deer up further down they could have come running right by me mm-hmm. you know yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, yeah. I uh, there's like two hunting around me. There's two things that I've like really like keyed in on to get away from people. And in yeah. your scenario, like like distance is obviously one. Like just going further than they will. Yeah. But yeah. the other thing is uh, is like a human barrier and whatever that is is if if it's like a patch of multiflower rose, like yeah, and you're yeah. able to go through it you know, or something where other people look at when, when you initially walk in and you look at and you go, I don't really want to go into that. I ain't going in there, man. <laughs> That's what you need to go through. Yeah. <laughs> and then, cause you ain't going to see, I mean, no. you know, if you don't want to do it, other people don't want to do it. And it's unlikely that they're going to go through. Right. I mean, that, and, and also what you were saying earlier is water. Like if you could find, like if that piece of property had a Creek or something that you could walk a mile and then cross it and then get further back, like that generally eliminates. Yeah. It's kind of like it's board, it borders private. Um, and honestly, what I've, like I said, when I was looking for that deer, I found a lot of good sign really close to the main parking lot. And it's, it, like you were talking about human barrier, good example is there's a giant hill there. So okay. when you pull into the parking lot, there's this giant hill 
and they're in the main trail goes to the right of it. So you kind of got to walk all the way down around and you start going to like the further part of the property. But what you're doing is you're missing all that. Like if you were to walk up that hill, go to the top of it, it drops down. That's where all that sign is. It's thicker in hell in there. And so the only way to get to that instead of going straight up is going down and then coming back, yeah. you know, around this side of the hill. And I didn't see any human sign. I mean, there's deer trail in there like crazy um, rubs, scrapes. Um, I found a couple dead deer carcasses in there, you know, from God knows what, but huh. not what, mine. I, my, <laughs> I didn't find any with horns on them. Um, but yeah, like that's to me that deters people. Like if you're not really in shape to climb that hill, mm-hmm. people look at that thing and be like, "Hell no!" because <laughs> <laughs> you know? right. most people nowadays like are actually kind of going further back in there. Like a lot of public land guys are really pushing in, mm-hmm. you know, which is good. I mean, to get to certain spots that look good, you got to get in there. But um, I'd say a lot of people I talk to. Um, would agree that some of the better spots are very close to the road overlook yeah. you know i i bet especially with you how you gotta kind of like button hook that one in order to yeah. get it. it's just like creative ways to get to where you want to go yeah you, you gotta know, walk 300 yeah. yards back 200 yards <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it, it just yeah to get it. no that makes sense the uh but- yeah, the other thing is like distance. I have noticed that it's like if it's a walking trail, like people people will maybe go people will go further on a walking trail than they will right. straight up through the woods. And that's what this is. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a like a four wheeler trail essentially. Right. So then people, it's it's a lot easier for people to go a mile on that versus yeah. a quarter mile straight up that hill. Exactly, and that's right? why yeah. I get like them squirrel hunters back in there because it's an easy walk they're not getting lost you know walking right. back you know they're not really beating up like go um going off the trail or anything um but it's it's another way that i can utilize like the terrain i guess to you know my benefit and um just try to you know like what i noticed is there's some pinch points mainly coming off of private um okay. but you know it's kind of like what are those pinches? Are they like valleys or? Yeah, it's, it's, like a low, it's a low point. Um, so one of the areas has got pines that like there's a good chunk of pines that go down there. And I think the deer really like pines for being able to see a long ways for to hide in, to bed in. I just they re- I just think they really like them because it's real quiet and they can, um, you know, I've, I've found a lot of deer in the pines before. Uh, so you have the pines and then there is like a dried up kind of like creek bottom and a thick, um, like a thicket on one side of this hill on the private and coming off of that private as well. There's kind of like these two, I, I guess it's pair of tits, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's two big hills <laughs> right in the cleave, right in the cleavage. There is where there's a trail. It's <laughs> that- <laughs> a great the parents and right in the cleavage is where the yeah. trail is right right down <laughs> in there funnels funnels right to this little corner of the pines and um it's it's just real thick all alongside that and there's just rubs everywhere so i mean it's okay. the 
they're pretty telltale sign like okay well deer are using this at some point you yeah. know never really i haven't dropped a camera there yet uh, i plan on it um I, I just found it actually before i left my vacation so i you know i marked a bunch of stuff um there's one side of that area i haven't really checked out yet um just because i kind of start walking and i just kind of just kind of do a little evaluating and take my time rather than just just you know beat hell and true yeah exactly so i mean i'll go out to some properties you know like two three times you know like some just to figure some stuff out and um yeah. you might there's sign I that, that i i think that's an important point to touch on is because like yeah. this the public around my house i've hunted for like seven years now and granted mm -hmm. it's a it's a lot of land and i still haven't explored it all yeah but the places that I think like I know really well, I still find new stuff in them yeah. all the time. Like and it just seems like I'm, I, it seems like I never get like a hundred percent to know the areas. It's like, I always think I'm like, Oh yeah, I know this whole thing. And then you walk in there a different way and you access from a different way sometimes. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh shit. I had no idea yeah. this was over here. It's, it's like, I think it's either a, you, you missed it or the, or B the sign showed up maybe after you were there yeah you know, like it's mm -hmm. it could all just be like the time um but like you were saying too entering it from a different angle getting a different spin on it um you know like i, I really do like this piece of property i'm going to try to um figure it out a little more i mean there's the sign that i found there's there's a monster in there for sure i mean the cedar's as big around as my thigh rubbed up and um, there's more than one of them. So um, you never know. Uh, there's that there's big ones that people showed me that were killed uh, off some neighboring private over there. I mean, and the deer don't know fences, you know, so they they'll travel wherever they oh yeah, wherever they're chasing does, wherever the hell they feel like it. So I mean, that spot is kind of like that's one of my go to's um, currently was doing some turkey scouting on. Uh, I was at Saturday with a buddy of mine on a new chunk of public that's good size. And then he's hunted it twice and uh, saw one other person. And uh, we just went up to go roost some turkeys, end up roosting like six gobblers, saw like half dozen deer. And um, nice. found, actually found more deer sign than turkey sign, which was were really nice i mean we go in there just to scout for turkeys and you're like oh shit man there's some good <laughs> good deer sign in here you know so yeah. oh we yeah and wisconsin's turkey season for anybody outside of wisconsin hasn't even started yet i think yeah. we're like the latest season yeah i think so because michigan had theirs i think just started this last weekend right yeah and ours in wisconsin ours goes until june what is it this year? June 2nd, I think. It goes oh, yeah. Until. It used to go up until I thought it was like the end of May, unless they, uh, I could be wrong. I'm I just never. Sure it goes till June. I remember, yeah. I remember I had a license in June last year. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, that's. Yeah, season F. Oh. Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, so like a lot of us Wisconsin guys haven't even like really, we, it's just still been scouting, like still yeah, been no. scouting for deer. And yeah. now we're just starting to get into turkeys, but when you're out turkey hunting like it's pretty much like did i hear a gobble no where's where's another scrape where's a rub yeah, <laughs> yeah like well i mean you're kind of like 
all your senses are like, you know, at the peak because like you're going for turkey. But as you're looking around, you're like, well, man, look at that deer sign. Oh, there's deer. And like we're looking on Onyx and checking some stuff out. I'm like, man, that looks like a real big thicket that borders like these cedar trees. I'm like, let's go walk over there, you know. Yeah. And as I started walking over there, I'm like, look, dude, there's three trails that come together here. Here's a tree that would be perfect you know, like to check out. And, um, it's, it was real cool. I mean, we didn't even go check it all out, but this place is actually, you're allowed to use a four wheeler in there up until October 14th. I didn't, I didn't know that places allow you to do that. That's interesting. Yeah. And then they, then they close it down after that. But I mean, it, it'd be nice if I shot a deer way back in there. <laughs> out with four wheeler. I'm all game for that, but I'll yeah. walk it. You know, I'm not one to ride the four wheeler up, you know, I'll, I'll walk in, you know, in the morning. So I don't have to spook any game, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, we saw two albino deer there, which was really cool. That's um, sweet. yeah. And I literally, my buddy and I were talking, he's like, Oh, I saw a buck, albino buck last year over around this area. And we rounded the corner. And as soon as we got done saying that there was one standing in the road and, one cross behind it so there was two of them running together um wow you know, i won't i won't shoot those I yeah. promise. <laughs> but, <laughs> wow that's crazy you know it's yeah. it's crazy enough to see one and you're seeing yeah. two together two right yeah exactly and like i'm like wow those things don't stand a chance they're white as all hell but <laughs> in like but when they got up on the hillside like skylining them i couldn't see them i tried to get them in my camera you know, mm. but you can't see them because, you know, the sky was behind them. That's really all they had to manage, you know, oh. but, you know, it's it's a good area and like found another way to pretty much, you know, utilize um, some of the terrain there. Like another human barrier, there's a big ass trail that or a big ass hill you got to go up, you know, and yeah. uh, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily willing to do that, but uh it's there's some nice ag up on top some nice fields um some taller grass fields you know there's just a lot of pinch points but it's mainly mainly a hill uh hilly type terrain yeah. you know so that's definitely gonna have to go back there a couple times um since i only was in there once and spent a couple hours but i'll go back there check that out a couple times and i still have a lot of places around here man i I got it marked down. I'm just waiting, waiting to go out and, and do some more scouting because there's yeah. a lot of areas by the river here that I want to try. So, yeah, the uh, do you have a, a thought process into like the time of year you're going to hunt some of this stuff? Um, I would say I honestly think that that one spot I originally told you guys about um, that I shot had winged that buck at. I want to get that early. I think I want to say like probably within the first, first week of October, you know, like okay. just early season. I just, I'm curious to see once I drop some cameras down there too, um, especially in some of these thickets, you know, that are pretty close to the road that I don't think people are really going by, especially at that, like earlier in the year, um, yeah. they're across, the, uh, across the trail. Uh, there is some kind of crop there too on the neighbor's property. So I'm only probably going to be within a couple hundred yards of some crops, which isn't bad. So they're betting on 
this hillside or in that thicket, you know, it's they're close to crops. So that's my thought process. Maybe they're going to be closer to the road or to this area in order to go over the crop. Who knows? But yeah, you know, it's that would probably be earlier in the season. But then again, you know, it's it's got that hilly terrain and it's definitely areas that bucks cruise in, you know, late October and make yeah. You might two things that you mentioned there was essentially like human pressure, right? Yeah. You don't think anyone's going to be in there. Oh. And then you mentioned bedding. Like yeah. You think they're bedding in that thicket. And the yeah. third thing is food. Like, yeah. you know, you think they're going to be going to those crops. And I think that's right. like, those are kind of the three main things that I always think about too. It's just right. like, okay, yeah. uh, where, like, where's the pressure going to be? Am I going to avoid it? Am I going to get out of it? Um, right. Are there are there deer going to be bedding? Like, how are they going to be using this area? And you're hoping that they're bedding in that thicket and yep. moving to the food, which is over here. And you're going to be in the middle of it. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's to me, like spotting deer, like the thickets, the thick areas, you know, and like, not, not necessarily saying like it's a hundred percent effective, but I can look at property or like an area and be like, I know deer bedding in that. I'm not even going to bother with it. You know, I'm not going to go in there. I, I want to be near it, but don't want to go in it, you know? And then that's when you right. can kind of your observational sit, you know, maybe be like, okay, I don't want to be too close, but then you can kind of work your way in. And I feel in a lot of these thicket areas, um, especially earlier in the year, they're browsing on not necessarily acorns per se, but a lot of greens, like all that yeah. thick, thick shrubs that are real close to their bed. They just stand up and they just pick at all the green leaves. You know, they don't really have to go anywhere. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. um, and on this property, there's, I, I think I only, I think there's about three good bedding areas, three, maybe four. So that kind of helps me narrow down oh, where I'm Cause I don't, you know, I, I watched uh, like Dan Enfell on the hunting beast and, you know, he said, the bucks that you kill in hill countries, cruising saddles and all that kind of stuff are mainly your two to three year old bucks. You know, the bucks cruising, looking for does. You're not necessarily going to find your big five, four to six year old bucks doing that same thing. You know, they're probably going to be near some thick stuff, you know, like kind of wait in, in an area. Maybe it's that they sit out till it's closer till dark um, or areas that they feel less pressure. Yeah. So, I'm kind of trying to find these certain areas, these real thicket, these real thick areas with very little amount of pressure and pretty much just wait them out. And hopefully, you know, Mac daddy comes walking through and I can get a swing at one this year. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. And that's the only, that's the only thing about like earlier, you mentioned like jumping into a property mid season Yeah. is like you jump into a property in early October, everything looks thick. Right. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, I, I mean, they could bet anywhere at this point, but sure. when you're looking at it in the spring or when you're turkey scouting or turkey hunting, it not everything looks thick. There are certain pieces oh. that are legitimately thick, like the four, you know, thick bedding areas that you found. Yeah. It's just like, right. those are thick. Those are thick. And, yeah. and one of them, man, is like the main trail kind of goes up and around it and it's down to your right. And I just know that like it's all like the multi-flower rolls like stuff uh, that's yeah. no one's gonna walk in 
you know, like, and that kind of wraps around the corner and dumps off this backside and then it butts up with some pines. It's like, well, I know for a fact that these deer are bedding right here and can watch all these people walk up this hill, you know, and then they just go the other way once everybody walks out or, you know, they just, mm-hmm. they usually are facing that area or they're near some area that's kind of open as well. So then they can just bail out the other end. Um, here's my dog here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh big biff he is still super sore by the way like <laughs> oh my god he's white yeah but, yeah we ran those uh, dogs it's it's kind of uh a certain uh, the way that i am trying to like figure this property out and i'm not necessarily you know 100 percent correct you know i might be a little different <laughs> that one. but um i was just kind of not not gonna hunt that big open woods per se you know, like, yeah, I think that's like one of people's like newer hunters or, you know, first, first three years of hunting, yeah. you, like you find an area and it looks like pretty and nice and open yeah. to you. And, and you're like, dude, there's gotta be deer here. And you don't see anything. Cause they don't like that. No. And it's like, where are you, where are you gonna, like, how do you pinpoint, like, how do you funnel them down to your shooting lane? You know, it's like, right. if you're, if you're cool with shooting, 60 yards all day you know i mean that's probably what you're gonna be shooting 40 to 60 yards you might not have many trees in your way you know like it's right. more of like or hardwoods which i mean yeah. i hunt, i hunt that up north up in up in cumberland you know it's more mature hardwoods and every year that i go back up there you know i'm like it's beautiful i love sitting in it and i can get my climber in almost every damn tree but you got to find those thickets on the edge of this big prop or these big open woods that kind of funnel them out because they'll, that's where they're all bedding. That's where they come from. And then, you know, that's where they, that's where they're feeding all throughout the night, you know, like early in the morning or out in these big open areas of the mature woods, but they're not there, you know, like during when you're hours. Yeah. They're not there when you're hunting you know so like <laughs> yeah i'm walking in the woods and i don't even bust any deer out really it's like well they're probably already in the thicket they already are back to bed by now you know right. like so yeah that's kind of that's like one of the big uh pieces that separates people from saying man i saw 20 deer to yeah. i killed one is, yeah. is getting close to that thing it's because when you're in the big open stuff you might be able to see them yeah yeah, I but, mean, and then, but it's different in seeing them and killing them because I can see them from the road. Right, exactly. Right? <laughs> you got you got heat in your car and everything. You know why are you why are you sit old tree? You know. Right. Yeah, you need to get close, and and that usually leads to, you know, like people will talk observation sets, but you can sit in that big open woods once yeah. or twice, and right. then you see deer walking along a certain edge both times or one time then you got to go there right and you got to close that distance from experience too as a kid like when i was younger we my dad would take my brother and i up uh, to my great aunt um aunt pat's property and we'd sit out in these in the open woods you know mainly it was that open woods and you know you got your one and a half two and a half year old bucks cruising around and um i saw like three bucks use this same trail and i'm like all right i'm in my climber it is some work to get down pick everything up and move 
but I did. And not 20 minutes later, another buck come down and I whacked him. I mean, it was like, you know, a little basket eight pointer, but I didn't care. I was super stoked and we're up there to, you know, deer hunt and, you know, have him and get some meat. So, um, that's kind of like, if you see, if you see two deer use the same day, like two bucks, decent sized bucks use that same trail, you better drop what you're doing. Even, even if you have to get out of your stand and leave your stand, go sit on, find a spot to go sit on the ground. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, in my personal experience has paid off. And from what I've noticed, some other people have, you know, had some success with that as well. Um, it's just finding these areas, obviously, you know, the deer tell, tell the story. I mean, if there's two deer using that trail, that means there's a reason why they're using it. It's yeah. a high, highly frequent trail, you know, it's, um, one of their cruising trails or it's coming out of some bedding. So, if you can find that, whether it be watching it happen, trail cameras, um, or just by looking at tracks and everything too, you know, I mean, you can probably help you be a little more successful or at least see some more deer, you know, yeah. I'm not, not going to say you're going to kill one, but you know, you at least have your opportunity at one. So, right. Yeah. In range and not yeah, some exactly. crazy distance. Yeah. Cause Go I don't want to, I don't want to shoot a deer over 40 yards. I, I really like 40 is pushing it. I mean, I'll do it if I got nothing in the way. Yeah. You know? 40 is a long shot. I mean, we looked that buck that we had, we had a pretty nice buck come cruising through um, when we were in the stand this year and he came through right. at 45, but he was cruising. I mean, by the time we saw him, he was through our shooting lane and, and it was not, it was, I would have, I'll tell you right now, like I wouldn't, have, I would have, I wouldn't have shot him. I had right? that like I would have told you, dude, I'm not comfortable with that. And, and in the moment, I was like, "Please draw back, Nick. Please draw back." And, and, <laughs> dude, I, I so, He's gone. He's gone. And I'm like, so "No." <laughs> you're so disappointed, but I, it all happened so quick, dude. Like literally, we had turned, and it was kind of windy. So yeah, that it was pretty real our, windy. He was already like halfway through our vision, like our, you know, yeah. like pretty much the area we were looking at, and you know, like. I'm trying to just to see if there's any spot he's going to stop. Yeah. But, you know, and then also in my head, I'm like, I knew he was big enough, but I'm still like trying to stare at his antlers. Like, <laughs> and you're like, you got a shot. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's too far. No, and like pretty much. Far, and I yeah. can only the brown body is it to give the layout for that. Nick and I had moved into this area and we hung the stand the night before we went and we did a hanging hunt and we hunted in the evening and we didn't see anything, but it was the same, same South wind the next morning. So we just went right back there in the morning, left all of our gear up. This was on my, my piece of private. And uh, it was an area that I had never hunted before, but I was like, there's like, it's a, it's a, it's a pinch point in the sense that um, cruising trail. Yeah. It's like a cruising trail along a cliff edge, but that cliff edge, like on our, it's on our property is probably like, I don't know, 15, 20 feet down, but it slowly becomes like not a cliff anymore on the neighbors. So when the deer cross the Creek that grows through there, this little like ravine, they cross on the neighbors and then they get come up onto ours and then they're stuck on ours. Like they can't barrel the, I mean, I'm sure they could make that jump if they really wanted to, but they don't. And yeah. they run that edge of that cliff, like within like 15, 20 yards of it. And when we went in there, we set up probably like 80 yards from the cliff edge. So 
this and what we could see when we are looking, it's down, we're looking downhill and we could probably see in total, like from our far left all the way to our far right, that distance between the two is probably about like maybe 80 yards or so. I was going to say maybe 40 yards to from where you stopped, like 40 yards to the right and maybe the same distance to the left. Yeah. And he had this buck, it was so windy out. This buck had made it 40 yards through our field of view before we even noticed him. Like, oh, shit, there he is. And it was like, (laughs) yeah, it was like 945. We were just like, we were thinking about eating and getting down and everything. Dude, I swear to God, you know, and if we would have been just that much closer, you know, it. who knows if we would have been, you know, paying that much attention if he would have came through. But obviously he wasn't. He, I don't think he had much, no intentions of stopping at any time. No, soon. he was, he was cruising, but we went back there this weekend yeah. um, and we reset up a ground blind cause we couldn't find a good tree and yeah. there was a good deadfall. The trees that we could find were like two yards off the trail, which just yeah. wasn't, or they were naked. Like totally yeah. trees. the ones that were very big either, you know, they're, yeah. maybe it just the wasn't going to be a good fit. So we found a nice deadfall and we trimmed some lanes out from that. Um, which, which was a good point is when you, when you, if you are on private and you can trim out lanes or if you're on public, always trim two, don't just trim one because (laughs) the thing that happens is if you just trim one lane, you're going to see that buck and you're going to try to stop him, And he's going to take three, four steps before he actually stops. And then he's going to be out of your lane. Yep. And then he's got you pegged. Yeah, and then he knows you're there. He's out of your lane. He's staring at you through the brush, and you're screwed. Yeah. So, so always cut. That's that's a rule that I've started doing. Is is if I can, I will always cut two lanes because the first lane is a hopeful I can stop him here, but the second lane is for sure I can shoot. I can stop here. Either way, in the brush between the two lanes is your brush to draw. Right, exactly. So you see him, you draw, and you get him on that second lane because you know he's coming. Whereas if it's just one brush on both sides, he just appear and get through there without ever even. Well, especially when you're sitting, especially when you're sitting on the ground, you know, like yeah, because in, when you're in the tree, you got a little more, you got a little better mm-hmm. angle. Yeah, so you got the view, you know, the, much easier to see the deer coming. Granted, we barely saw that deer coming through because we couldn't hear it either, you know, but. You know, and you got this like a nice, got the thicket or whatever that deer's coming out of. Like, all you might see him just before he hits it, and you might not want to draw because he might be right on the edge of that. You know, it kind of where he can see you. And if the last thing you want to do is be kind of caught like in After a slip before he even hits your fuck your first lane. Yeah. You know, so you're better off just letting him do his thing. Take your time, draw, and let and try to get him on the second lane. Mm-hmm. You know, and if not, you know, maybe even have a third one as like your, like your last spot. Okay, hey, he's gonna be quartering away when he hits this. You know, that's it doesn't hurt. You don't want to, you know, eliminate all cover either. And yeah, I think that's important too when you're picking. Like, if you're setting up on on a piece of public and you're trying to pick what tree to get into, yeah. is like really. It, really analyze your shooting lanes and it's hard to do, but if you think about it um, in, enough and you, and you like test the theory enough, you can start seeing lanes before you get 15 feet up or whatever. 
Yeah. Like, okay, I have a lane here. I have a lane here. I have a lane here. Cause there right. are some trees that you can get into and they're great, but you have no lanes. And right. Like, All right. Well, what's the point of that then? Exactly. And then, I've, and then you're better off sitting on the ground and just trying to be as still as you can. You know, it's like, we're, you know, like you got a lot of uh, stands on your property or a decent amount, but you know, you're also trying to find more and try to hang new ones. But um, you know, like coming from, me personally, who does um, some more ground hunting than um, than you do, yeah. or like, and most than like the average Joe might, um, it's definitely tougher. But you know, like you are looking for a tree to set to set in, and I'm like, well, there's a sweet deadfall right there. You know, <laughs> like I would like me personally, I'd be like, well, if you can't get in any of these trees, and you're gonna be doing a bunch of clearing to get into a tiny little tree that you're going to look like a, you know, a, an ape. Yeah. Gorilla. Skyline. <laughs> you're better off, especially for that spot too. Like where you say how you're going to access it, you know, yeah. like you just dump right in over the top. You don't got to walk through, you know, and, and kind of blow it out. But uh, it's always a nice, it's kind of nice to go with your friends and kind of, kind of pluck it out. Yeah, our like little hunting, like the way we do things and, you know, try to figure out the best way to do it. Yeah, I think that's and that is an important part if if like if you can take a friend with you on public and he's not a dick and he's not going to steal your spots or whatever. (laughs) But if you can. That's (laughs) right. That's kidding. He's he's a good guy. (laughs) He's going to steal your your fishing spots every single time, though. Oh, I'll you caught it. one right there? Oh, I don't know how my bobber got there. <laughs> before, before you bring that fish in, he's already got his bobber right where you were. <laughs> right? Exactly. Or his jig or whatever it is. Oh, that's where they are? Okay, thanks. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's if you can hunt with a friend that you trust, like it's double the eyes, it's double the movement, it's double the information, it's double everything. It's a lot easier to pick apart a piece of yeah. ground yeah just don't um, be close-minded you know like saying your your way is the only way and it's the only way that's gonna work it's like well no i think everybody puts you know like i learned from my dad like parts of my dad i've learned parts from you i've learned parts from parker you know yeah. it's like take a little bit of everything and you know kind of use it all for your success put your own spin on it yeah you know? there is like i, I really think like some days you know, with this piece of private that I have and not saying that you did it at all, but like, there's been people who have hunted it and I'm like, why are you sitting over there with this wind at this time of the year? Like, you're just, you're not doing me a favor or anybody on a favor, but at the same time, like beginners luck happens, man. And, And luck happens and, and they might see something that I never even thought of. So I try not to like really discourage anybody from doing something because it might work. Like it's true, low odds, but it work. If it works, it works, right? And you know, the main thing is too is like you know the wind, the wind aspect, especially at your property, can be kind of tough just because it's always oh, swirling. Yeah. Still trying to figure that out, and you know, sometimes even though the wind is going to be bad for this one spot or. You know, like it's not ideal from where you think they're coming out of, but you never really know until you try. Like you might just be able, like my people might be able to only shoot one lane, not three. 
you know, like, like if you know, there's a big buck in there, you might get lucky to where it's like, Hey, I'm only going to be able to, I'm pretty much canceling off shooting these ones or trying to find a spot where maybe you can shoot them before. Like if your wind's dumping this way and you think they're coming out from the right here, you got to be able to stop them and shoot them before they hit your wind, you know? So it's, you never really know. Like you are like, ah, the wind's not good, but I mean, I shot that nice seven pointer on public um, with such similar situation. I was the, got out the truck, got out the car. And I'm like, that wind is terrible. Like <laughs> and I, and I, I literally got in, I drove down the road and I stopped at the stop sign, looked at my phone. I'm like, well, the freaking wind's going to be the same for the next two days. I mean, well, what the hell? I mean, I'm just, I'm not just not going to not hunt. So I went right in there and I end up shooting that buck before he hit my, my downwind trail. So, I mean, you might have to give up part, you know, like granted the deer smell, they know people are in there, you know, for the most part, you know, you just kind of, like you said, luck is, has, has a big thing to do with it. But, um, you know, sometimes don't just give up on all your options just because the wind might not be ideal, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's a that's a great point because something else i want to talk about was essentially like time and and uh planning and time management you know we're like in terms of life we're in very different scenarios right (laughs) i have a wife uh two month old and a two-year-old and you're a single bachelor dude living (laughs) up yeah killing pests yeah Yeah. exactly yeah uh what is it premier premier pest yeah, Premier Pest Elimination. Yeah. Yeah, Premier Pest Elimination, everybody. You wanna you wanna get Nick out, uh, get him scouting your property while he's supposed to be working. Call yeah, Pest call that elimination. If you let me, you know, <laughs> let me on your property, you know, I might just do a couple treatments at your place for free. You know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can, he can Nick hates bats, really. hates bats. Um, yeah, Hold don't out. a few raccoons. <laughs> don't mess with bats, man. No, that's the must. That's my one bugaboo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, time like time management because like you were saying, you had that weekend, so yeah. that's one of the big things in like scouting early season right now, and and even like historical data from hunting at previous years is is have something that you can do for like any wind direction. Right. Exactly. You know? I remember one year when I went down to Illinois and hunted. Um, I had three days to hunt Illinois and I went down and I had scouted it in the spring for a whole weekend. I spent the night, stayed there, everything, um, and scouted for a whole weekend. I planned it all out. I knew when I was, I knew I was going to hunt it during the rut and I planned everything. And it was, it was stupid, but I planned everything for a Northwest or a West wind because that is generally the most predominant likely the most dominant wind, even a Southwest I can make work. It was straight East. For the three days I was there, like I had nothing for it. Um, no. and that was like eye opening for me. Like, all right, put all the eggs in one basket, you know. It's yeah. Like- so it was like it was kind of like, all right, now how I was a lot of time just like, okay, how am I going to figure this out now? Yeah. And and so pl- have multiple like have spots that are decent or at least understand how it would work if you know all the wind. Like if you hunt, if you wanted to hunt that thicket right that we were talking about earlier the thicket with the hillside and the food 
um, you know, early season, if you wanted to hunt it in early October, as you said, generally a Southwest wind is, is what's typical a South Southwest in the early season. Mm -hmm. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, an East wind rolls in when you got the weekend off or you got your Thursday off or whatever, what are you going to do? You know, do you, is it, I'm going to hunt, but yeah, not that spot. You have a different spot. That's good for an East wind. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, or can you make it work on an East wind with that slightly off wind that you were saying, where you just got to try to catch them before they hit your scent cone. Yeah. And like, and that's it too. It's like, well, it kind of all depends on where the wind's blowing when you walk into this area where the wind is once you get into that area because like it's like i said hill country which you know it's it'll tell you north northwest and you get up there and it's a straight south wind right you know it's like well what the hell do i do now but you know in my situation where i had like turned around like last year and then i'm like well shit the wind's gonna be the same all weekend you know it's like it was it was getting light and i had to make like and i had i'm like well i want to hunt today i'm not gonna drive my next spot which would be like you know a little ways off i had some other guys hunting in another area on that property where i would have gone to sit as well you know okay. just for wind uh for the wind but it sure. just it was like i didn't want to go in there because there was people there and you know it's like well yeah well sometimes you just gotta even though you think it's not gonna work sometimes it does man you just got to be positive you know like because yeah. you know it, it'll happen when you least expect it and that's pretty much what it does you know so it's always it's always nice to have you know multiple you know don't exhaust all your options you know with one wind you know like just yeah. try to make sure you got a little bit of everything covered and so if you have yeah and that's one of the great things about scouting right now is like if you look at your property and you're like Last year, you were, you were like, dude, this was only this whole thing was only good for a west wind because I'm entering from the east. You just turned off your video, Nick. Sorry, my, my phone just said 20% battery. So, okay. <laughs> if you're, yeah. So, if it's a west, if it's generally, if you're entering from the east and you, you're, you've figured out that this spot's like really only good for a west wind, yeah. west, southwest, or northwest, yeah. then take some time over the next month or two take a a half a saturday and go look at a piece of public that's good for something else yeah like the crappier wind or like a wind that's not common for the time of year it's like right because you want to hunt like we all want to hunt exactly yeah it's exactly what i was gonna say i was like i'm gonna hunt regardless you know like and i don't want to blow up a a decent spot because you know like i want to hunt and i'm too stubborn to be like now the wind will be fine you know (laughs) right yeah. And so like, essentially, I mean, the time, the time aspect of it, and you know, we all, all of us have restrictions on what we can take for time off and how we can do that with, with right. and with work and all that. And a lot of people have to plan out their time off, you know, a few months in advance. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky enough that I can, I can plan out a day or two, you know, based yeah. on day forecast, like, Hey, I just, yeah. I always keep an eye on it. And if it looks really yeah. good, I'm going to roll, I'm going to just, you know, text my oh. boss like, Hey man, I'm going to take this day off. If that's cool, I'll yeah. move around, you know, whatever I need to move. And yeah. he'll usually say yes. Yeah. But, uh, and, and you were saying that you can, you can just get ahead of schedule. You have to, you have to yeah. homes and you can get ahead. Right? If I want, if I want, and I will, 
pretty much if, if I service all my customers, you know, I just have to get them done by the end of the month. So if let's say tomorrow or let's say the next two days, you know, it was, it was the fall. The next two days are going to be like crisp, cold, like perfect days to be out in the tree stand. I'm not going to be working. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I won't call my customer. I mean, I'll keep my work phone on me, you know, so that I can respond to anybody if they do call. But other than that, it's like, I, I have the option to work when I want to work. Um, you know, and if it's like rainy and colder too, I, for doing outdoor treatment and stuff, we don't really do much when it, especially when it's, if it's windy too. So sometimes I can use those days to, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's honestly super cool. I'm very fortunate that I kind of picked up this gig because, you know, I pretty much have my own, can set my own schedule and I, I get done early enough in the day. So kind of brings me to like my next point here was like I, I mentioned I wanted to go um, and get like a boat or something and do some uh, take the boat out get onto some nice pieces of public by this uh, lower Wisconsin Riverway here um, which is huge so I mean yeah. but anybody that's going out there you'll be lucky if you see me but uh, <laughs> other than that, um, yeah it's it's gonna be a little different for equipment wise, um, you know, I, I doubt I'll probably bring my climber back there, but I know we were talking about getting me set up with, uh, um, maybe doing a saddle, um, at least definitely doing sticks and a hang on. So, and yeah. I mainly, I'm mainly a client, uh, climbing tree stand kind of guy, just cause that's what I've always used since I was a kid, but I'm not like closed minded, you know, like I'm, I'm willing to kind of just adapt to whatever. And, you know, the more that's I can put out or the, um, the lighter I can make my equipment, the better. <laughs> yeah. I'm the thing, good. yeah. We're, so I just picked up the new out on a limb shikar sticks, which are pretty slick bought them at a, the Wisconsin trade show, the deer show. Yeah. Yeah. All those. Yeah. Those things are awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited with them, which leaves my muddy pro sticks open. So I'm going to sell those to Nick. Um, yeah. And it's just like, it's like when you're doing that river stuff, it's like packability and clanking yeah. and the noise and just like how cumbersome is it to get back there? And if I can just take a backpack with four climbing sticks in it yeah, versus a whole climbing set, like that's just, yeah. and well, I don't even, you know, a lot of the times, man, you only end up using one or two of those sticks. Cause like, right. if you get up any higher, you're losing shooting lanes. Right. And especially like in that, uh, the riverway area here, um, it's probably pretty thick. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of flooded areas too, where it's like, you don't really want to be hauling a bunch of bulky crap back there and alone. I mean, like just taking a boat out to go deer hunting in itself is another, another step, you know, like rather than right. just get out of your car and walking, it's like, all right, well, I got my car and I got the boat and I got to, put the boat in. I got to go across this area. I got to hide the boat. I got to take my crap out, go walking. And then, then you got to yeah. do that way back, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. In the dark. I got to take it. Got to paddle Espec out. Yeah. Especially area that I don't know. Um, an area where um, it's probably be pretty easy to get turned around. Um, but I should be able to have self self service back there. But you know, I just kind of familiarize myself with the area and just try to be, you know, like 
try to be more of a versatile hunter rather than just like having one way of doing things, you know, like, you know, the reason to, for success, I think it comes from being, you know, to adapt, you know, like, how do you think these deer make it throughout, you know, to an old age, a big, a big buck is they adapt. They're instant, you know, they adapt no matter what's kind of thrown at them, you know, if they don't, they die, you know? So, I mean, if I don't adapt, you know, it's going to be tougher to me to actually, you know, be able, like, I enjoy bow hunting, like more than anything. It's like, but it's, I want to be able to enjoy it. You know, it's like, I want to be able to see deer. I want to be in their bedroom. You know, I want to, right. you know, much bring my a game as best as possible. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, that, that, those very inspiring words, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> There's not many you get out of me, you know, so if <laughs> I want to save that, I don't even know what I know this, this, <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> This weekend, you had a very inspirational quote as well. Uh, after we had cut that trail, you were laying in the wheelbarrow and you looked over and you said, wheel me to the bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was good. No, it's, um, it's, it's fun stuff. Yeah, no, the, the gear thing, man, and, and like changing out from a climber and then also just like, you know, slimming down a pack and just making it easier so that like, walking those that's where i think a lot of the the interest in the mobile hunting setups come in is essentially like how easy can i make it to walk a mile because like yeah. you go out there in the spring right now you go walk a mile with your dog you don't mm -hmm. bring anything you just go for no. a walk oh it's easy oh yeah right it's yeah. cool yeah and then and then you get to your then you get in the fall you throw all your hunting shit on and it's 30 degrees out so now you're throwing extra layers on you got your exactly. big boots on you throw a climber on, you throw your backpack on, or you throw your hang on and your sticks on yep. and, and you're like, and then you start going you're like, this is a lot harder than I remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> you get, yeah. you get a couple inches of snow, you get some yeah. mud, whatever it is. Like it just gets harder and harder. So to me, like the, the benefit of those mobile setups is, is just trying to slim them down to yeah. something that's very manageable and, and, right. easy and lightweight you know yeah i mean because you know you just got to go where the deer are and like um you don't want to be carrying something around that's you know really gonna like honestly it, it it hurts my back after a while you know like i do need to do something with my straps because they just dig into my chest i need to put oh, some kind of, yeah, yeah actually this might other people might have uh done this already but um, i've seen they use gun slings for the straps oh nice yeah well it's that whole padded area you know so i can just take off the straps that are already on that came with my climber and just replace it with some cheapo gunslings so now i got nice padded shoulders that's a, yeah that's a great idea i've seen I, like like uh like what i want to call them like a frame it's not a frame pack like they have yeah. those obviously but it's not that it's just like essentially the straps Right. Or those that you can buy on Amazon for 40, 50 bucks. But I feel yeah. like two gunslings, you know, that's pretty it's cheap. Man, it'd be like less than 10 bucks a piece. Yeah. Or right around there. I mean, it's, it's, it's real nice that like I kind of like it because I can pot, like, put my backpack in my climber on my back. I can kind of weave my clothes <laughs> like <laughs> through yeah. it pretty much. But I mean, it's, it's a lot of weight on my back. And, you know, I've had back issues in the past. So it's, any anything to lighten it up would be great so that's why i'm going to be switching to using some 
little bit more mobile, a little lighter equipment this year. Um, yeah. And just kind of maybe maximize, you know, put some stands out. That way I don't have to either hang them or bring them in, you know, every time yeah. I can just take sticks out and leave the stands up because I highly doubt anybody's going to want to climb up there and take them down. So if they do, then good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of my my goal for this year is to there's a lot of good areas around here. Um, and you just kind of got to make time even like, you know, like I said, I get done kind of at a decent time, like three o'clock in the afternoon or so four, so I can, you know, go scout for a couple hours of daylight left because like right now is the best time to go and you got, you know, it doesn't get dark till well, it's still going to be getting darker later. So, you know, it's just yeah. getting dark. But, you know, it's like all that – oops, hold on. <laughs> Running out of battery here. Yeah, that's all right. We're, we're almost to time anyway. So no okay, problem. perfect. But, uh, yeah, you know, it would be nice to get out and try these different areas and, you know, really try to make something of it, you know. Yeah. I mean, if I shoot, it, if I shoot a deer early in the season, a real nice – it's going to be a nice one if I shoot it early, you know. But I kind of <laughs> – Parker and I were having this conversation. It's like, dude, I'd really love to shoot a deer before October or before the end of October. So we can do like some late season, you know, like we went out for squirrels this last year. Like that was a blast, you know, yeah, like just, that was a good time. And we cleaned up too. Oh yeah. I mean like for all the, all the people out there who like to, you know, that are hunters in general, but you know, you're diehard bow hunter, right? You know, everybody's so serious. Everybody's so quiet, you know, because you take it seriously, you know, like in, in the fall, you don't want to be spooking everything. You want to go in these areas and be as quiet as possible. But sometimes it's nice to kind of go back to your roots, kind of just go hang out with your buddies, go, you know, plunk some rounds around in the woods. And, you know, like I'd love to do uh, like a fall fishing trip too, maybe for some walleyes or something, yeah. you know, that way where it's, you know, we get your big buck out of the way because, you know, like Parker said, he he would always shoot his his deer like before, like the first or the first week in November. And he said after that, after that first week, he's he gets scared. He's like, this happening again. He's like every the last few years, I haven't shot one. If I haven't shot one after this date, I'm not shooting one. So <laughs> he really he starts to get a little freaked out, and which I totally understand. It's just because you're like, well, you know, I, I'd like to get it out of the way. I, I want to see the deer in the rut. You know, I, I love the rutting activity and all that stuff, which is mainly what I think all of us bow hunters really love to see. You know, like yeah. like to buck during that time of the year but you know i you never know you know when it's gonna come walking by mm -hmm. you know my buddy my my brother shot that 160 inch deer second weekend yeah you know, yeah. You know it's just pure example of he's got trail camera pictures of that buck in that one area and went and whacked him you know he had the right. whole whole bow season to pretty much you know, shoot do another shoot a doe or just do whatever you know yeah but you know that that way if i shoot one i can be full-time camera guy or something so <laughs> that's what that i'm looking for. awesome I'll, i want to put out some content this year myself so yeah it'll be great that way we can we both can kind of have something on here and yeah i don't we'll work on that yeah most definitely all right cool well hey man thanks for coming on i'm actually gonna post this right away tomorrow morning 
So, All right. Cool. Thank you for having me, dude. And uh, we'll be in touch. I'll see you this weekend for your old party bus. <laughs> Everybody say happy 31st birthday to Anthony, but it's technically his 30th because COVID <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, we're, things are about to get rowdy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, or to come. Yep. Yep. Nope. That'll be a good weekend. We'll just leave All that right, there. Well, yeah, I got to talk to you about that. So just stay on when I hit stop record. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, if you, if you like the podcast, you enjoy, enjoy listening to us talk, uh, hit that subscribe button. Also, um, if you could leave a review, really appreciate that. And last but not least, again, if you are in the market for a saddle, looking at saddle hunting, want to do some more mobile hunting and whatnot, take a look at arrow hunter. They essentially, they're pretty dang close to one of the first, I can't say it officially, but one of the first uh, saddle makers out there. They've been in business for over 30 years. Everything's made in America. And uh, yeah, it's just an overall, overall, a great company. All right. Thanks guys. We'll be to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you guys later.